Hey, 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 it's your girl, So So Lovely. And your girl, Deasia Ali. And we are the hosts of the Bad and Boozy Podcast. Join us every Wine Crush Wednesday as we discuss... Wine, life, and other liquor-related shenanigans. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bad and Boozy Pod. And send your drunken wine hotels to Bad and Boozy Podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget... The best wine is the one you like. The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. You think you know me? Let me tell you about who deserves a shot at the United States Heavyweight. Let's hear it. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, L Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason. Wait a minute. L Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, it's 50 pounds Who different. are you to, to, to doubt L Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious how about, the, how about hypnosis? Let's get thrown Psychosis? Psychosis? Whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler. You know. Hello, and welcome to episode... 207 of the Razzlecast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jonet. Hey, hey. What's going Smackdown on? SmackDown 1000. Hey. The face that runs the place was in the building. Yeah, man. I was able to get a great deal on my rental, 1533. So I was there with bells on. Yeah, it's great. Can't wait to hear the inside scoop on all that was and surrounded SmackDown 1000. So, I got you. I got you. How was your trip to Parts Unknown? Uh, um, oh, I came out with a little bit of food poisoning, you know, as one does. But before that, I had the most amazing crab. It's called a juicy crab, right? And they put it in a bag. And it gives you seasonings and what I got. I got shrimp. I got crab. It come with a potato, one potato, and one piece of corn. And it come with boiled eggs. I was like, I ain't never heard of such. So clearly I did not eat the boiled eggs because I have crab and shrimp to eat. Focus. But it was delicious. And, you know, and besides the food poisoning and the regional airport and the super small airplane, it wasn't half bad. All right. Well, glad to have you back and glad to hear that you're over the food poisoning. It was just a one day thing. Maybe I lost some weight. Maybe it was for the good of everybody. <laughs> As always, glad to have you back. Can't wait for your SmackDown report. And we're joined by the Rasslecast broadcast journalist, none other than Magnum Prime. What's going on, Greg? What's up? Uh, just to piggyback off of what DD said, hey, we got drug resistant salmonella. In <laughs> I am pressed. Okay, <laughs> this, is, this is level level orange. Okay, this is not good. Uh, yeah. We can talk about wrestling now. The future is definitely scary when you hear about <laughs> all the things that are happening. And it's a scam to make you make you eat vegetables. <laughs> Well, you had the bad lettuce out in Arizona. I've never gotten sick off lettuce. You know, I think it's because I don't eat iceberg. 
No, that's because you, gotta, you that's because you black and you've been raised all your life to wash your fruit and vegetables before you oh, eat. Oh, that's who listen, Trader Joseph has the good vegetable wash. You don't gotta go buy nothing fancy. I switched I you know what? I went to the farmers market on Wednesday. I switched my greenery and my tomatoes. I'm just fine. Listen, God made dirt, but sometimes dirt does hurt. Clean your vegetables. <laughs> yes, please. Even if it does say you know, wash before bagging. Still run a little water over it. It's just you can rinse it off. You don't know who washed it. Maybe they didn't like their job that day. You know, true that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Always this hard hitting analysis that you get nowhere else other than the WrestleCast. <laughs> but seriously, to avoid all that sickness, folks, wash your wash your produce. It's very important. That's right. Bobby Flay. Also wash your hands. You also wash your hands. Yes. You know. Yes. Yeah, cause people are dirty out here in these streets. <laughs> the WrestleCast can be found each and every week right here on the CSPN, and you can find the CSPN on the web at www.cspn.us. So we've got a little bit of news this week. Unfortunately, it's of the sad kind, as we lost a legend in the wrestling game, Don Leo Jonathan, probably considered the first. You know, agile and maybe to some the best ever big man to ever wrestle. Um, he started his career back in the 40s and 50s and made his way up all the way to the late 70s as far as an in-ring competitor. But uh, he was one of the, you know, like you said, he's got the legend that he could, you know, walk the top rope and go all the way around the ring doing it. And, you know, he could like grab the rope and like. When somebody had him in like an arm bar, that thing that AJ Styles does where he like grabs ropes and does a backflip and then counters out of it. Like he could do that at like six, eight, three, over 300 pounds and stuff back in the 50s and 60s. So, you know, he was pretty ahead of his time for, you know, the day and age that he was wrestling. So definitely a true legend and icon. And then as of the recording date, uh, Dick Slater passed away today. So. He was a big territory guy back in the day down in Florida. Um, big friend Dusty Rose. Dusty Rose always tend to, you know, bring him along with him. He was also in Mid South UWF, um, WWF as well. WCW. A lot of people remember him with a uh, Bunkhouse Buck. Remember that G? Yes, I do. And the Confederate flag. Sure. Yeah, yeah. All the uh, all the symbolism and stuff that they had going on. Um, but yeah, he was just famous for being a real tough guy in and outside of the ring. Um, some famous stories of him, uh, putting those hands on sting because, uh, sting traveled to one of the shows with his valet dark journey at the time. And Dick Slater didn't, uh, take too kind to that. So yeah, sting caught it and, uh, ended up with his head in the toilet. So, and then, uh, famously as a, like 19 or 20 year old kid he beat up a famous miami dolphin uh <laughs> yeah a dolphin lineman uh, mike matuzak so that's a story that uh rick flair tells a lot because he said he was actually there he witnessed it so yeah so just some crazy stories but yeah um if you're an old school wrestling fan and grew up watching like nwa or all that territory stuff you definitely know who dick slater was so those two gentlemen passed away they definitely left their marks 
different eras and different times and different reasons, but definitely two legends of the game. So thoughts and prayers go out to their family and friends. So next we'll transition into Monday Night Raw from Philadelphia, home of brotherly love. The Dogs of War, Braun Dolph and Drew arrive. They claim to be the most dominant three-man team in WWE history. And they say they don't need a fancy name or matching outfits to do so. So, oh. we'll, so we'll start right there. What say you, Greg, as the WrestleCast broadcast journalist? Who do you think is the most dominant three-man team in WWE history? Mm, three-man team? Mm. Good question. Uh, I mean, recent history, it would definitely be the Shield. Um, past history. LOD, LOD 2000 doesn't count. <laughs> uh, That's not nah, doing it for I, you. I, nah, I, I, I wouldn't. That wouldn't do it for me. Uh, WWE. That's a good one. Three. I mean, maybe, it, maybe demolition. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And they had crush. Want to take that far? I'm gonna throw my vote to Original Recipe DX. Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and China. That's a good one. That's a good one. Because China was a competitor. Yeah. Or or something, you know. (laughs) Because I really don't remember when she started having matches. But if we're talking about dominant, I feel like dominant don't necessarily mean winningest. Because we already know that Dolph, Braun and Drew are not the winningest anything. So I feel like dominant means I'm a little to the left of that. More like willing, able to beat your ass and be great about it. Then yeah, DX should be in the conversation at least. So we talk about winning. I mean, we gotta say the new day. Yeah, it's just about to say. Right. I think course, I think we're shorting shorting our guys the new day here. But yeah, they would be probably the the most recent greatest three-man team in WWE history. Absolutely. So basically they're out here and they're, you know, trying to lead Dean Ambrose astray. They showed some video packages from last week when Dean Ambrose was fed up and he, you know, took the high road up out of the ring. Drew claims that they broke the shield last week and they were right when they said that the shield were using Ambrose. Drew then hypes the World Cup to determine the best in the world quantity qualifying matches and he said that he's winning. Dolph says maybe they will meet in the finals and Drew says that he's no Drew McIntyre. Braun then says he's winning the world title at Crown Jewel. Rollins and Reigns arrive claiming that the Shield is alive and well. Dolph asks where's Dean at? Rollins says Dean will show up when he wants to. Reigns says that he's winning at Crown Jewel and he will send Braun to the back of the line. So, anything that you'd like to add on that opening segment, Miss Didi Jone? Did you did you get a chance to see this, or were you drinking at this point? No, I, no, I was drinking. I was drinking from eight until twelve thirty, so I missed all of this. Oh wow! Okay, sounds like a good yeah. night for you. Free liquor is the best kind of liquor. I don't know if you knew, <laughs> but it is. Was this the night that you had the bartender who looked like Champa? No, that was actually when I was in Parts Unknown. Oh, okay. I tried to get a good photo of it, but it didn't work out. But I promise you, that beard was on point. (laughs) 
So our first World Cup qualifying match of the evening, Drew McIntyre faces off against Seth Rollins. Rollins lands at Integuri and looks for the blackout, but Dolph distracts him. Miss Didi Janine, what you drinking? Uh, I think I got to go back to my peach vodka. Okay. All right. Yeah. Rollins mm-hmm. dumps mm-hmm. Drew and then hits a suicide dive on both. Back in, Dolph low-ridges Rollins as Ambrose arrives and kicks his shit out of Dolph until Drew takes Dean out. Rollins hits a blackout on Drew, and he beats the count back inside the ring for the win. So, Seth Rollins qualified for the World Cup. Uh, as Miss Young Littlefoot pointed out last week, uh, that's another American in this uh, World Cup. Of, uh, <laughs> so far, it's all Americans, right? Yeah, best in the world. Why didn't they just call it King of the Ring? Why do they like do King? anything? I guess because where they're going, maybe King is not a word you can just fling around so easily. Oh, that's a good choice. But still, why don't you just call it Best in America? Best in the country. <laughs> best in the business. Like, why you gotta call it best in the world? Making it sound like it should be a World Cup and it's straight cauca- kings of Caucasus. You know? Because that's what's... Team no melanin. Like, that's how Americans get down. You know? they Even in the NFL, they're world champions, but they don't play anybody outside of you. Right. It's just how it works. That's how we do it. Nobody else matters. Everything else is a podunk country. I mean, that'd be one thing because it's like it ain't like it's other football. Well, maybe it is other football, besides, but but other than like Canadian football, and ain't that like arena? Fo- no, that's a Canadian. But yeah, other than whatever, I don't care about this. Yeah, we're one of the few countries who do play football. Like you're thinking about, <laughs> yeah, that's the point you're trying to make. Yeah, I was trying to say like WWE has people from other countries. It's not like it's a whole bunch of popular ass football teams and football I should say organizations where it could be like we're going to see who's really the best at this football thing because we all know it would be like the Tongans or the Samoans like come on come on it's obvious but anyway yeah that would be scary to have a whole team full of Tongans and mm-hmm. Samoans yeah. imagine and then they did the haka before each match ah yeah that's what they call sure. rugby in their country because that football may not be rough enough Shook. too many pads um, the, the the shield there, the shield walks and Dean is insulted when Seth calls him a lunatic. Dean says that uh, he's real funny until they need him to bail them out, and he walks off. Then we get a retrospective as we look back at the DX reunion from last week, and then we get a Brothers of Destruction video package. They say they won't be lectured about respect. DX's return is built on a bed of lies. HBK stayed away out of fear, not respect. At Crown Jewel, all of HBK's fears will come true, and they will end the war. Triple H can go back to the boardroom, while HBK can go back to retirement, and the Brothers of Destruction tell DX to rest in peace. G, did you get to watch this in your condensed version this week? I, I went out and I I saw it. When I watched it, it, it reminded me of like a political ad, and that was very appropriate because you have the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, <laughs> <laughs> all all up on the camera. So it 
it wasn't even like a regular promo. I just saw it was a political ad. They may as well be playing that in November. But I, I absolutely agree with them, though. By the way, yeah, yeah, it was it was really well shot. Like if you're into the, you know, way that they lit them up and had the smoke going and all that. Yeah, it, it was a really cool visual to see the the way that they shot it. It was real old school kind of in a way. So yeah, well, you gotta have production into you know a match that's gonna leave you wanting for action so they gotta find some way to make it interesting yeah well they're definitely gonna be using a lot of bells and whistles just like they did at the last one so twice as much this time though because you got two more guys in there Uh, any chance we see Kevin Nash make an appearance (laughs) I think it's possible I dread it but I think it's possible the next people to make an appearance on Monday Night Raw were Nia Jackson, Ember Moon versus Dana Brooke and a returning Tamina. So before, well, during this match, they announced that there's, you know, there's going to be that battle royal, that women's battle royal at Evolution. And they kind of, you know, tell you that the Iconics and Asuka and Naomi and like all the women in SmackDown who aren't Becky and Charlotte are going to be involved. So that's mm. kind of the backdrop to this match. Tamina tosses Ember Moon around and then Nia tags in. Tamina lays in rights, but Nia takes Tamina down and hits her rolling senton. Tamina and Nia then trade headbutts, and then Tamina fights off a Samoan drop, and Tamina hits a Samoan drop on Nia. Dana Brooke tags in, Nia cuts her off. Then we get the eclipse by Ember Moon on Dana Brooke, and that's the end of the match. But after the match, Tamina super kicks Nia, and then she and Ember dump Nia to the floor, and they start basically like a mini battle royal. Dana then dumps both Tamina and Ember to the floor, and she's kind of like, you know, would be the winner if that was like a battle royal. So she got some redemption after taking the loss. Yeah, and the winner of the battle royal at Evolution will get a future title shot. Cool. So we get footage of the Bellas attacking Ronda Rousey last week. Ronda comes out. Ronda says that she just wants an explanation. So she wants the Bellas to come out. Of course, they come out. Nikki says that no one paid to see Ronda Rousey. They paid to see the Bellas. They don't owe Rousey an explanation. And they claim that Rousey disrespected everything they did for the business. Rousey is why they came back because they can't figure out why a loser that doesn't deserve it is here. Didi, Jonah, your thoughts? Um, a blo- a broken clock is right twice a day. Okay. <laughs> Nikki says that she deserves to be champion. They made divas mean something strong and powerful. They praise their reality shows, and they made rest and they made fans want to see women's wrestling. They said Rousey walked into an evolution that they started. Nikki says the championship Rousey holds wouldn't exist without them. Rosie says that she tried to be respectful and that WWE was theirs first and she tried not to be judgmental even if the Divas era made her sick. She thought the Bellas were cool and accepting and they could work together. Rousey admits that she made a mistake because the Bellas employ a stereotype and they are do-nothing bitches. I I mean Bellas. They were only around for attention and the only thing she was impressed with is how much they accomplished without talent while leeching off their men and plagiarizing their moons, their movesets. And they Yikes. are relics of the past waiting to be ended. Ooh. 
got Rhonda with that ether. Facts are facts, America. (laughs) Rhonda says that she could rip their arms off, and she's more than a pretty face and a killer killer body. Rhonda says that she will ruin them. Bree says Rousey is jealous of them because the name Bella has done more in the past week than Rousey has done in her whole career. Nikki (laughs) says they knocked down doors, while Rousey says that she did that in judo, strike force, and in UFC. Rhonda says the only door Nikki ever knocked down was the door to John Cena's bedroom, which John Cena threw her right out of. Rousey, <laughs> Rousey wants to give him an ass whooping, and they tease coming to the ring when all of a sudden security arrives to protect the Bella Twins. They form a wall, and they kind of walk down the ramp. Rousey jumps out of the ring and kicks the shit out of the security, and the Bella Twins bail to the back. I'm sure most of you guys know that last week the Bella Twins betrayed me in front of the whole world. I just, I just want an explanation. That's that's all. You know, you guys at least owe me that. Come on, guys, come out here. At least tell me why. You want an explanation? We don't owe you one. (laughs) No, I mean, please, Rhonda. This is show business, not show friends. I mean, you are the one to disrespect us. You're the one who disregarded everything Nikki and I have done for this business. I mean, what did you expect? For us to sit on the sidelines and watch you? I mean, you're the reason why Bree and I came back to compete. It made me cringe to watch you at the forefront of this evolution. No, talk. You have something else to say? Go ahead. It's your turn. Go. Oh, no. I mean, go ahead. It's all you, Rhonda. And let's tell me, are you going to come up here and break our arms? I tried my best to be respectful. I really did. I... I knew that the WWE was your territory first, and, and I really tried not to be judgmental, even though everything that the Divas era stood for made me sick to my stomach. I, I tried my best to give you the benefit of a doubt, that you were just doing the best you could with what you had. I was too idealistic. I was too naive to see that you guys are the embodiment of a stereotype. DMBs. Do nothing Bellas. You guys weren't there to support me. You were there because there was a camera pointed at me and never in my life have I seen such desperation for attention. You leached off of the names of your men. You plagiarize and dilute their movesets. You're not pioneers, you're a callous. You're relics of the past waiting to be eviscerated like smallpox. Okay, okay, so you think we're talentless, you think we're a disease, you think we're do-nothing Bellas? We have broken more barriers than you ever have. We have knocked down more doors. You don't even compare to us at all. 
knock down doors. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Knock down doors. My entire career, I've been knocking down doors. I've knocked down doors in judo. I knocked down doors in strike force. I knocked down doors in the UFC. And now I'm knocking down doors here at home in the WWE. The only door you ever knocked down was the door to John Cena's bedroom. And he eventually threw you out of that exact same door. Uh-oh, Nikki and Bray have apparently... Now, what's this? It's a wise decision is what it is. The Bella, did the Bellas bring their own security team? Insurance policy. The Bellas are a multi-million dollar brand. This is just business. Insured body parts like J-Lo. Oh, Ronda Rousey. Look at this. Going right after the security team. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Meanwhile, Nikki and Brie Bella have uh, exited the arena. And Ronda Rousey, guys, is now going to have to wait to face Nikki Bella for the Raw Women's Championship a week from this Sunday, October 28th, at the all-women's pay-per-view of that WWE Evolution. So, DD, I really hate that you missed this segment in real time because it was kind of <laughs> like the synopsis was much more succinct. It kind of took them a minute to kind of get this thing going. It was kind of mm-hmm. a little slow there. But then when Rhonda started landing them haymakers, though, whew. Yeah, it's some of those things where if you're not going to talk about, like, okay, Nikki, especially since she's not with John at the moment, and what's her name? Brie are easy, 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 easy targets. So unless you're going to talk about the fact that the only reason why Wanda's in WWE is because she got her ass kicked in UFC and she keeps, and if you want to say, because I don't know her life, that the reason why you're so famous in so many different places because you turn tail the second you lose in those places. If you're not going to go sit for time, if you're going to get your feelings hurt because there's way too much material there. So, polo babies. Oh, well. G, what you think about Rhonda? I don't like neither one of them. So. I know, I know that. This is why I like getting your insight on this because you don't really have, you don't really care who does anything in this. So I just like to see you <laughs> look at this like a tennis match, just going back and forth, like ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> G, how'd you feel Rhonda did on on her uh, most important interview to date so far? Uh, it still felt like it. It, it felt very scripted. It felt mechanical. She was saying the right things, but it wasn't like I it wasn't like I really felt it. But hey, I think she is getting better. All right, all right. Next up, Kurt Lito Cool. I mean Kurt Angle talks with Rude and Gable in a Hawaiian shirt. In a Hawaiian shirt and his little, you know, straw hat. He says that he's enjoying his vacation. Oh, not only because he was dressed like something Carlito would wear, but it was Kurt Angle. <laughs> no way and Ho- no way, Jose and his crew they come through. Kurt Angle does a little dance with them as they just come dancing through the back. Then Corbin arrives. He's pissed about last week, 
so he's booked Angle in a warm-up match for later tonight. It's a handicap match against the AOP. Angle's like, I don't even have my gear. So Dean Ambrose versus Dolph Ziggler. That's our next World Cup qualifying match. Ambrose heads up top. Dolph crotches him and follows him up top. But Ambrose shoved Dolph off. Drew and Seth arrive and Ambrose dives to the floor on the Drew. Seth tries to help his pal, but Ambrose shoves Seth away. Ambrose rolls back in and Dolph super kicks Ambrose and pins him. Seth and Dean argue post-match as Roman comes out to cool things down. Corbin arrives and books them in a match later tonight versus Drew, Dolph, and Braun once again. Third week in a row. Rinse, wash, repeat. Jinder Mahal did the job for Finn Balor. Finn Balor hit the double stomp and got the win. Bobby Lashley put his finisher, his like jackhammer slam on Tyler Breeze. He got the win. Then um, Trish and Lita came out. They hype Evolution, but Alexa and Mickey arrive. They have fun liking Trish and Lita. Mickey says that they've been gone for so long. And so, you know, they plan to win easily at Evolution. Then Trish cuts them off and talks about making history. And then they start going into the practice routine. The Allen Iverson famous quote since they're in Philly. Uh, Trish and Lita say that they could use in practice and challenge them to come to the ring. Alexa and Mickey T's coming down to the ring, but eventually they bail to the back. Bailey runs into the riot squad. They make fun of her and leave. The AOP versus the Conquistador. The Conquistador has trouble with the ankle lock. AOP destroy him and they get the pin. The AOP amass the Conquistador and to everybody's surprise, it's not Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle arrives on the stage behind Baron Corbin and gives him an angle slam. The right squad has vandalized Natalia's locker room with ketchup and mustard. Somebody's got to clean that up. So we get the riot, Ruby Riot versus Natalia. Uh, Natalia comes out with Bailey and Sasha Banks to kind of even up the sides. Ruby hits an STO for a two count. Natalia dumps Ruby and Natalia falls down as she lays in on the floor. Back in, we get a sharpshooter. We get a disqualification as uh, Sarah Logan makes the save. And then all six women brawl, and the faces eventually get the advantage and stand tall. It's DD's favorite part of the show. It's time to walk with Elias. Elias. <laughs> Elias arrives and plays a tune. He runs down John Cena. He then runs down Philly. He runs down the mascot, Gritty, who he claims is not a mascot. Shockingly, he's interrupted by Apollo Crews. Apollo says that it's his turn to interrupt Elias, since everyone else does. Elias runs him down. <laughs> Apollo makes jokes and says that he's waited for too long, and he's sick of others passing him by. Elias attacks. Apollo cuts him off, and he press slams Elias out in, in the ring, and then Elias, of course, bells to the outside. So... G Money, they trying to do a little something with Apollo Cruz. They they repackaged Bobby Lashley, got him up and running in a new program. So now I guess their new focus is Apollo Cruz. What do you think? It's February already. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I, I would love to see them do something with him, but I, I, I don't see how you can hit the the reset button unless you move him to SmackDown. I, I think, I think, I don't think it would work on Raw. I think it's, I think he's been too, it's been too long before they really need to try to to go in and 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 do something with him. I could be wrong, but I, I think he needs to change the scenery. I think he needs to go to SmackDown. All right. Yeah, that would be fun to see him over there on SmackDown where he could get over by just having really good matches and a little bit of personality on the mic. The Shield versus Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, and Braun Strowman. Ambrose and Rollins argue. Ambrose teases the dirty deeds, but Dolph runs Dolph and Drew together, and he hits the zigzag for a two count. Drew then gets cut off by Roman Reigns, but Braun is back in, and he runs into the post. Drew then accidentally Claymore's Braun. We get a spear by Reigns and the shield bomb finishes off Dolph Ziggler. Post-match, all is good with the shield. Braun then rises from the dead and power slams Dolph. But then he runs into a Claymore from Drew and Drew McIntyre leaves everybody laying in the ring. Ziggler sent to the outside, courtesy of the Kingslayer. Melee is developing here. Ambrose looking for Donny Gates. There it is. Nailed it to McIntyre. Covered by Ambrose. Hook of the leg. Shoulders are down. Ziggler just shoved Rollins into Ambrose. I knew it! And now Ziggler takes advantage! Zigzag from behind! Dolph into the cover on Ambrose to win this match! And Ambrose stays in it! And now McIntyre telling Ziggler, get him up, let's put him away. Ziggler raking Dean Ambrose's eyes. Look at the Claymore in the zigzag. Meanwhile, Roman Reigns with a Superman punch and one to Ziggler as well. And now Braun Strowman from behind. Right for the running power slam. Roman Reigns, however, as Strowman goes shoulder first to the post. McIntyre, a Claymore to Strowman as Roman Reigns moved out of the way. McIntyre just wiped out Strowman. Spare! Here comes Ziggler, though, from behind. Roman better watch out. Went for the zigzag. Reigns hanging on. Oh, oh, the shield. Summon the service. Power bomb. Vintage shield. Covered by Ambrose. The brothers in arms with the win. Here are your winners. The shield. It wasn't pretty. They had problems throughout the night. But in the end, the hounds of justice stand tall. What can I tell you? What can I tell you? If you screwed up, you are going to get these hands. Oh, no. Ziggler's open is in all kinds of trouble. Braun Strowman sending a message with a massive power slam. And that one was on purpose. The first was accidental. 
was on purpose. Drew McIntyre has had enough. The Scottish Terminator just flattened the monster among men. There is nothing inadvertent about that. Drew McIntyre, Monster Hunter. Get our little breakup of the Dogs of War, or at least Braun and Drew have issues, I guess, you know, because Drew and Dolph are the tag team champions. They're still cool. Greg, some assessments on Monday Night Raw. Any final thoughts, your overall um, rating for the show and kind of what stood out to you? Uh, D is for delightful. That's probably what I would. (laughs) That's that's probably what I would give it. I mean, SmackDown was the show to watch this week. So might as well just go on and move to the main event. All right. So without further ado, we'll turn the baton over. To Miss Didi Jonay. She was in the place. She was the face that built this place. So it was only fitting that she was there. So, yeah. Tell us about, well, um, first, before you get into SmackDown, tell us about, um, mm-hmm. you know, some of the pre match things that we don't see before SmackDown comes on 205 Live. Oh, things of that okay. Nature. Yeah, yeah. So, before SmackDown started, it was 205 Live. So, I. From what I gathered, people didn't know that 205 Live was going to happen before because a few people said, oh, they already they already wrestling. The ticket says 745. Oh, they already wrestling. The ticket, I didn't think the ticket said it was going to start this early. Oh, yeah, I didn't know they were going to start that early either. These people who damn near work this, I don't know why everybody seemed shocked. But when I got there, um, I forget who, but there was already a match going on. And it was definitely 205. And then I saw the entirety of that fatal five-way match. So that was nice. You want details about it? You want me to just... The fatal five-way match had Leo Rush in it, right? Uh-huh. And Leo Rush, I did not know. Leo Rush is from D.C., so the fans went up for him big. Like, you, you've you never heard anybody cheer for Leo Rush the way D.C. had cheer for that boy. Because I was like, what am I missing? And then the guy beside me who was giving his own commentary was like, the hometown boy. I was like, oh, you see? okay, cool. I got it. Makes sense. Did you see so your... Yeah, Leo... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, you're fine. You're fine. Did, no, you, uh, did, you, did you see your boy and roll your eyes, TJP? No, I didn't. I, I think I've turned the corner on him. I haven't seen him in such a long time. His <laughs> colors are still very bright and childish, but... No, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Okay. I'm okay. I'm okay with young TJ. Okay. It's fine. If you want to use pastel blue and baby pink, that's totally up to you. Hey, you know, that's Uh, what it's all about in these days and times is growth, is being able to start in one place but end up in another. You know, choices. Choices. You know, the choices you make. So, yeah, and then um, Snacky Downy happened, and then actually we got the mixed match challenge, whatever they're calling it, after. And and I didn't know that that's when they filmed that. For some reason, I thought it was all bullshit and it wasn't live. So I was like, what? What are these people doing here? You know, it worked out, though. Because I got to see Natty and uh, Bobby Roode and Bobby Lashley. Nobody really cares about the mixed match challenge, but I just want you to know that there was a let's go Bobby Bobby sucks chant. And then it was like a minor which one. And then there was like exactly. So that was that was cute. <laughs> <laughs> that I bet you that had to be like 
confusing, like that Nick Young gift with the where he has that look on his face. And everybody puts a question yeah. mark on his head. Like, because, like, at first they were like, let's go by Bobby Sucks. And because you know who's the face and who's not, you go with it for, like, a couple seconds. And you're like, wait, who? And then there's always one smart ass who's like, which one? <laughs> All right. So. So that was great. Yeah. Okay. But back to SmackDown proper. Um, You know, they gave us the countdown of, oh, we're starting in such and such time. And then. Uh, truth. Our truth and Carmella come out. They do the what's up, what's up, and then they stop because it's like the real eight o'clock hour, and they show the retrospective video. When they come back from the video, that's when um you see Truth and Carmella on the TV talking about hosting, and he's talking about all his years of hosting, and this is the best, and this is the most important. Carmella's like, we only had one other episode. And it got canceled right after that. And he's like, so you know what we should do? Dance break. And then blah, 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 blah. Dance break. And then Stephanie arrives to the booze of the city, to the cheers of me, because I enjoy her greatly. Um, She says, of course she's here because she's a former SmackDown GM. And she's happy to see where the show is. Then out of nowhere, Shane comes. Here comes the money. And I lose my shit. Because there ain't too many white people I love more than I love Shane McMahon. So that was wonderful. He did his shuffle. I was way too far away to see the shoes, so don't ask me. Y'all uh, had a much better view than I did. They were some, like, breast cancer awareness. I think they were uh, probably retro Jordans, like the ones, because they look like uh, Air Force Ones. So I'm guessing they were retro ones, but they were pink and white. Those words mean nothing to me, but I am sure you sneakerheads understand. So, yes, he says he had to be there for the 1,000th episode, thanks to the fans. Stephanie mocks him for pandering to the crowd, and Shane welcomes her to what? The A-Show. Facts are facts. Um, Stephanie calls to the crowd. Oh, no, no, no. No, I'm sorry. Stephanie calls it A-Show, not the A-Show. And it was like, but bitch, you tried it. And then she praises Raw and mocks True TV for kicking off the show, a.k.a. Raw would never kick off a show with True TV. No, no. Instead, they would have somebody talk for half an hour straight because that's better. Anyway, um, Vinnie Mac powers stretch out of nowhere. No chance. You and, you got know, some people are like, no of course he's there. You and then some, no some people are shook. And the funny thing about Vince is I don't particularly like Vince. But the minute I heard his music and saw him do his little George Jefferson walk out there, I got so excited. I was like, all the McMahons. We're not interested in Linda. Don't nobody care about Linda. All the McMahons. Yes. Come through. So that was great. Um, And he's like, listen, the fans want to be entertained. They don't want to see Shane and Stephanie fight. And he's like, you know what we do want? A dance break. And then they dance. And the funny thing is, and you'll only know this if you go to the last show. It's like you can tell when they go to commercial because the second they go to commercial, they stop. <laughs> like, there's no follow through. There's no pandering to the crowd. There's no like I'll go until I hit the back. No, 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 no. The camera's down. I'm done. It's over. It was funny to me. Um, first match of the night was AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan versus the Usos. Um, so hold on now. Now let's let's just mm-hmm. look at okay. Look at your mm-hmm. night so far. Yes. You've seen all the McMahons. Yes. Now you get to see 
the face mm-hmm. that rents the place from you. Did you collect your mm-hmm. he, you collect your rent? He owes check? me money. No, okay. he owes me money, but that's fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in like three months, it seems like the Usos too. Mm-hmm. And they came walking down to the ring with all of the swagger. <laughs> They 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 knew you were in the building. They gave you a hell of it. In the first two segments, you basically had a night's worth of good Look, stuff. I already. got my money's worth. I got my fifteen thirty three worth. Okay, <laughs> y'all. I really can't believe it worked. Let me digress. Shout out to Jade to the max because she told me when we were planning the SummerSlam stuff and the Takeover stuff that sometimes she'll wait till the day of to buy her ticket to. An event, and I was like, "Really? That works?" And she's like, "Yeah, sometimes it can work. Sometimes it works really well." So I was like, "Well, she says sometimes it works." So I went on the website just seeing. wasn't even really like gonna do it, but then I saw the little six dollar ticket. Now the six dollar ticket turned into a fifteen thirty three dollar ticket, but the face value of the ticket was twenty. So either way, I won. So just shout out to her for like a good bargain, a good idea. It's definitely something I'll probably use in the future. Um, but we'll get there. Anyway, Usos versus Daniel Bryan and AJ. Daniel gets the tag and runs wild with yes kicks. A suicide dive follows. Daniel Bryan then hits the missile drop kick. Some more yes kicks, and Daniel covers him for two. Jimmy makes the save. AJ comes back in and dumps him. Then Daniel Bryan runs into AJ um, because Daniel ducked. Daniel ducked, and they hit the good super kick. Um, and that's how that happened. So yeah, then Batista Orton, Ric Flair, and Triple H arrive for the Evolution shout out. And then somebody was like, "Is anybody going to mention Evolution was exclusively on Raw?" And I don't know who you think is sober enough to remember a fact like that, because the answer is not me. I did not know that. But anyway, Triple H is there to put over the one thousandth episode of SmackDown. Uh. Ric Flair is super moved. He talks or incessant things, and basically he shades everybody else while patting himself on the back. Uh, he says Batista has been in a makeup chair. Ric Flair has been living vicariously through his daughter, and Triple H has been running the show from the back. So it's all very like, oh, really? So then Batista gets the mic, and in case you don't know, Batista's from DC hometown hero again we go up for batista he says he's nervous it's been a long time and he's just gonna ignore the rude shit randy said he said the last place he wants to be is with the mic in his hand but he'll do it because of a few things because it's the 1000th episode which he helped build smackdown he says so he said he's coming back for that he's coming back because it's from his hometown he said he used to be a bouncer at some clubs a couple blocks away i firmly believe it there are plenty of clubs in that area for him to be a um, a bouncer at, and he'd probably be a damn good one. He said he came, he went from a poor kid to a superstar, which is a dream come true. He thanks the fans. He said even though they called him Blatista and Blutista, and even sometimes Bootista, he said it doesn't matter. Even if you hated him, he loved y'all. And then he said he's here because he gets to be with Evolution. He says it's a special group. They change things and they're an army and it'll never be done like that again. He said Orton's a 13-time world champion and special. Talented beyond belief. He says everybody knows about Flair and he tells him to keep it in his pants. The crowd goes wild. 
because everybody knows that Ric Flair is a thigh. Um, <laughs> uh, finally, Triple H. He changes his tone. He said he's changed his business, and he is this business. And then he says there's nothing Triple H has done except beat him. Ooh. Ooh. So, so how the how the crowd take that line when he dropped that? The crowd was ready. They were like, which like some people was like, let him fight. We about to have it right now. Where are we going with this? So it it really should go somewhere. Some people think WrestleMania. I don't know. But if it goes somewhere, it'll be lit because the look was intense. Um, and uh, sometimes they get me because Randy Orton was in the background giving all kind of faces. And f- forgive me. It's like the first time in seven years I've been entertained by that man. <laughs> he, he oh, cracked you, I'm not huh? proud of myself. Yeah. I'm not proud of myself. <laughs> but it was so good. I love a messy queen. Oh, oh, he was so messy. Oh, it's funny. And I think because I'm definitely that kind of person where if I saw some shit like that, I'd be like, ooh. And the fact that he was doing all of that. But in the end, Batista and Triple H hug it out. And everybody ends up hugging everybody, and that's how they end the segment. I got one complaint about this segment. Only one. Sure. Go ahead. And it's really just two, really. It's two people, but the same issue. Go ahead. You know Ric Flair is going to come out there dressed for Mm -hmm. the occasion, right? Yes. PP hands, Randy Orton. He even dressed up in his kind of like, you know, best like 2004 suit, right? Yeah, yeah. Then you got Triple H and Batista out here looking like they get ready to go to some type of like throwback 80s rock concert (laughs) in some leather pants and some t-shirts. Like, come on, man. This is evolution. Here's my thought. I've noticed that when Batista does his his Marvel shit, a lot of times he's not dressed up for that either. And what I've noticed about most big dudes who make that transition into real acting, the only one whose suits look nice is The Rock. Like, literally, that's it. Like, I don't know if he's, like, got the only sailor that's good at that shit or if he's just like, I'm too pretty to look ugly. Like, I don't know what it is. But John Cena looks a shit mess in his little garish-ass Steve Harvey suits. Batista half the time don't even bother to try. Like, just the rock. So I don't know if that's his issue or if he's just like, I'm not dressing up in DC. But they do look good when they cut a figure. With with Triple H, I wonder if it's because they just reformed DX. And so to split the difference, he didn't want to go right back to being in a suit and tie. If that made sense. I don't it's just know. what I would wonder. I'm not sure. What, I'm not sure. It might have just been like, I don't want to. Yeah. Right, right. But but when I think of evolution, I think of You think of suits. Or yeah. or at least not even suits. At a least more the, yeah, at least the college shirts and slacks. Even if they didn't have to wear the whole suit, they could have went with, you know, the college shirts and Up the slacks. Down, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, I was just like, man, Randy Orton even thought it was important enough to dress up for the occasion. Come on, Triple H and Batista. Well, that's the other thing that men don't do. Men don't coordinate. You got to make oh, sure y'all all no. on the same page. No, that ain't happening. So that, so that you can all cut the figure. Because if you just depend on other people's logic, 
You Other get, men's logic. You're gonna end up looking mismatched like these guys, right? Okay, like let's look. Can we get can we get a standard? Is it business casual? Is it business? Like, tell me where we're going with this. But anyway, that's that. Next was a World Cup qualifying match: Rusev versus The Miz. Super short, super super short. Kurt Angle comes out on commentary. He got a good you suck chant. Always good to see him, even if it was from across the arena. Because 1533. Um, for the most part, Rusev controls Aiden. Rusev controls the match. Aiden English arrives and distracts him, and Miz rolls him up for the win. There's a moment that happened in the mixed match challenge that was hilarious. Hilarious. Do we normally review the mixed match challenge? Do y'all do that on weekends or no? No. I heard that. I heard what it was, though. So if you want to tell the people, go ahead and drop it to them. Okay, so it was Asuka versus The Miz. and No, Asuka and The Miz versus Rusev and Lana. And at one point, The Miz is out of the ring. He steals the mic and does the... <laughs> and acts like he's Aiden English to distract um, Rusev. Unfortunately, it doesn't work. But that's neither here nor there. The shit was hilarious in the moment. Because that's just some clever shit. We love a clever heel. Oh, also, we did the cheers. Everybody cheers for Rusev. Everybody cheers for Lana. Clearly, everybody cheers for Asuka. And then when they get to the Miz, it's like, boo. So then they did fan wars. And it was it was very adorable. Yeah, I heard it was like they it kept going around in a circle, like, faster and faster. So the cheers would get They like... did. <laughs> yeah, it was like, yay, 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 boo. <laughs> Yeah, 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 boo. <laughs> and he was looking so pissed, but Oscar was like, "But they're cheering me though," because I think he was like, "They're they're booing us," and she was like, "No, they're booing you." <laughs> and then that's why they did like the cheer wars. It was funny. It was so funny. Yeah, I heard that the mismatch challenge is a lot of fun because it's a little more relaxed. It's very relaxed. It's very childish. Like, um, N- Natty Bo was wrestling with Bobby Roode. Bobby and then Rude, it was Bobby Lashley and Mackie. And it was then it was Bobby Lashley and Mickey James. Country and you dominance. know Natty Bo wears exactly. And so you know Natty Bo wears her um kitten uh headband. And she gave it to Bobby Lashley and put it on him. And then he like took it off and stamped on it. She was like, ah like instead of like looking really hurt, she looked, you know, like cartoon her it was very it was very like what am i watching like it's it's not bad but what, what are we doing here what is this but anyway i digress in next up in diana's best night ever Ed comes out. <laughs> so hold on mm-hmm. i know this is your man like if, if, mm-hmm. like so well, where well, does I mean, he, he rank until... i know i know he got taken That's... But on your, I mean, not even that until Becky did it. <laughs> <laughs> on your all-time creep cast list, I know there's oh, yeah, Macho like Man and Randy yeah. and Elias. Do you have yeah. an order for those three, or that is the top three? The, the thing about Randy and Elias is, I'm not convinced they're not the same person. So they're like one A, one B, right? Edge is like two. And then three, three alters because I, you know, I can think everybody's attractive. I can see the beauty in so many people. Like if I'm in a Samoan moment, maybe it'll be a Uso or maybe it'll be the rock, you know, 
they had a lot of videos of him back when he had muscles and his little Brahma Bull t-shirt. You know? Look, I, I, I clearly saw for RVD for a few years, but all we need to work, Chris Jericho, even when he had the long hair. Y2J, what? You know? <laughs> so I've got options. Got a lot of options. But definitely Randy Elias and Edge are... And even Christian is fine as hell. So yeah, the number three alters, but the top okay. two never do. Right. But yeah, so he comes out. They give him his introduction. He's moving good, even though he's got his little neck problems. He talks about being back for SmackDown 1000. He says, it's always felt like his show. So many important things have happened on this show. He cashed in money in the bank on SmackDown. He, bat- he battled Eddie Guerrero on SmackDown. He married Vicky Guerrero on SmackDown. And then the crowd boos. He says he divorced Vicky Guerrero on SmackDown. The crowd cheers. He says, so clearly the show means something to him. He said, but for the last few weeks, things have changed. And he will try, shockingly enough, to be SmackDown's moral compass tonight. Anybody who remembers his whole phase will find this very interesting. But <laughs> never mind all that. He brings out Becky Lynch. The crowd goes wild. Not to mention this, as as, this. This man made his huh? whole he made his whole career out of being like, "Hey, you know, we about to do the, a live sex show." <laughs> listen, listen. First of all, he was a little nasty even before that. Then he did the sex show. Then he was the rated R superstar. So like you want to be the more you want to be the moral compass after you were in a scandal for cheating on your wife in real life. You want to be the moral compass. But, you know, I guess that's where we blur the lines. Um, Edge thanks her for coming. He says he says that he and Becky are very similar. She says she appreciates that because he is actually somebody she has modeled her career around. He says that he understands or understands what she's going through because he wasn't a handpicked star and he had to fight and claw for everything he got, just like her. He says he knows Becky thinks she's making the right choice, throwing away her friendship with Charlotte, but she's wrong. He says he's crushed plenty of relationships to get to the top, left a trail of burnt bridges, and you can win all of the titles, be on all of the posters, but the choices will change who you are and they will stain your soul. He says he sees a good person in Becky, but if you continue on, you will end up alone. And the worst part is you won't even like yourself. To that, I say you're married with kids. You're perfectly fine. As is still your best friend. So what are these lies? You found you a new wife after you fucked over the other one. Like it's fine. It all worked out. And you got titles. But Becky says he is right. She doesn't like herself. And here go me, because I'm black and I talk to the people. You love yourself. You love yourself. And then she said, I love myself. And the white guy who was next to me was like, you called it. I was like, you goddamn right I did. You think I don't know? <laughs> this is my show. I, I run the place. I am blue. What do you mean? So, yeah. She says to get out of the ring talking crazy like that. And then... In the hardest line of 2018, don't hurt your neck on the way out. (laughs) Face crack of the century. Who knew Bekisha had it in her? I hate it had to be him, but I'm so glad she did that. Man, she she only had like probably like 45 seconds worth of like actual speaking time. But she made the damn most of it, didn't she? Oof. It was, uh, 
that was ooh. listen she did that so charlotte arrives and she's like really you gonna go there she said all you care about is is the title but at evolution becky won't be able to run from her and then they attack they brawl the refs have to separate them they get separated a few times and then <laughs> smackdown legends finley and jamie noble also help break it up what you all did not hear was that we would have a dark match later that night, Becky versus Charlotte for the championship. So yeah, that happened. Um, next was New Day, specifically Woods and Biggie versus The Bar for the SmackDown Tag Team Title match. How did you like the? Uh, How did you like the thrustage in in person? Thrustage. I did not see thrustage. What I can tell you is. Kofi can fling some fucking pancakes. Some of them pancakes got to the 200 section. Okay? <laughs> them pancakes were gone. Gone. And there was absolutely a we want pancakes chant. Yeah. It was amazing. Ugh, it was so good. Um, I think at this point Jerry Lawler and Booker T came out to be on commentary. They sure did. They yeah, definitely took photos of them. If you want to see very far photos of who I saw, you can always go visit my Instagram on Didi Janae. Um, that's my ad. There are about 20 photos. I still didn't put the videos up, but just because videos take a long time to render. But I got about 30 videos, too. Baby, I had my phone. I was doing some things on airplane mode. Sometimes I would switch it back because you people needed to know live what was going on. <laughs> Saving yeah. that battery anywhere you could, huh? Listen, I start. I didn't even start at 100. I started at like 70 and I ended at 40 because I am what? Oh, Smart. Dude, yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. All you have to do is keep it on airplane until you need it. You don't need the internet to take pictures. You just need internet to post them. So post them later. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Cesaro takes out Kofi. The bar catch Woods at the top and toss him into the barricade. It looked like it hurt. It sounded loud. Um, but then they destroy the extra announce table, the the orange one. Oh, so bright. Pancakes fly everywhere. Big Show arrives for some reason. And some asshole in the back spoils it for me. And he's like, his heel turn. I was like, no, you can't mean it. And then you'll see him back off the bar. And then out of nowhere, he chokeslams Kofi through the announce table. Then there's a bro kick to Big E and there are new champions. Mm-mm-mm. The Swiss Cyborg doesn't know what planet he's on right now. Well, you expect a highly physical matchup when these two teams get together, and that's just one oh, example. Wait. Thinking about the big ending, Sheamus able to save his partner. Tag was made. The Celtic Warrior. Oh, what a knee to the jaw! Sheamus just had two Biggie oh. in the face with his knee. Wanted a bro kick there, caught up on the ropes. Great job by Biggie. Oh, Biggie on the move. Spear through the ropes. A high speed battery ram just struck its target. Clubbing blows at the kidneys of Big E. And Sheamus, Sheamus has a hold of Big E. Wow, uh-oh. From the top and the uppercut. Great double teamwork. Fit on the ropes, fit on the ropes. And Kofi helped out his buddy. And joining us here on commentary, like WWE Hall of Famers, Jerry the King, Lawler, and Booker That right there. That I do call outside interference, King. Of course it was outside interference. You're having a good match. Oh, oh my god, Kofi Kingston just did what was necessary to save the New Day's tag team titles, but he paid for it dearly via Cesaro. I watch exactly oh, oh, points over the top. Oh my god, he got caught. Oh, 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 oh,
Woods threw Woods through the barricade. Tonight could be the night. And how smart was Sheamus oh, breaking the oh, easy? Sheamus rolling. He broke the count. Sheamus, these guys don't like pancakes either. This isn't about pancakes. pancakes. This is about the SmackDown like Tag Team Championship. The Big Show, the world's largest athlete, but why? There's one angry giant. Sanderson and Cesaro giving respect to the Big Show. Big Show providing a little assist. Whoa, whoa, whoa. oh my God! Wait a minute! What? Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Why? Well, Kofi's not legal. Kofi's not competing in this match. Big E better look out. Boom, oh. kick. Sheamus, cover. The four are SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Here are your winners. And the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions, Sheamus and Cesaro. This is ridiculous. Listen, somebody needs to do something about this. What, what is going on? Big Show simply came out and evened the odds. Well, and I, I know how much we love the New Day and we hate to see the New Day lose the titles, but I know how much personally you love Cesaro and the bar. So if they had right. to lose to somebody on your show for the Thousand Show with you in attendance, it couldn't have worked out any better for you. I mean, it's not bad. It- even when it's bad, it's good. Like, what did I do to deserve such good things? Yeah, you were winning in all sorts of fashions on this night. Let me let me tell you how much I'm winning. The next match was Rey Mysterio versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Who doesn't love Rey's comeback? Who doesn't love Nakamura? The Michael Jackson of the WWE. What? So this is another World Cup qualifying match. Maybe... Finally, we can have somebody in the World Cup who's not American. We'll see. Ray springboards into a knee strike, and Nakamura hits a running knee, gets a two. Ray counters a Kinshasa into a cradle for two. Nakamura cuts Ray off, misses a Kinshasa, and Ray hits a Rana. And then the crowd goes wild when he connects with a six one nine. And then he springboard frog splashes, finishes Nakamura at the words. But yeah. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. Oh. Now, Shinsuke Nakamura caught up there trying to figure out Rey Mysterio. You've oh. superstars like Shinsuke Nakamura that from the other side of the world who have watched Mysterio dreamed of someday oh. stepping in the ring with him. Nakamura has that opportunity right now oh. with the right to move to crown jewel of the WWE oh, World Cup to determine who is the best in the world. Nakamura lining it up. This could be a short return for... Oh, wait a minute. Rey Mysterio able to gather himself. Uh-oh. He's set up. He's set up. Is he dialing it up? No. Well scouted by Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh. Two boots right to the midsection. I think Mysterio is going to take to the skies. Oh, wow. oh, man. That was incredible. Fortunately for Ray, it might be a short return. Nakamura oh, has got something oh, catastrophic in mind. He's got, got Rey Mysterio up on his shoulders here. This could be it. Ray trying to fight it. And Nakamura, the United States champion, slowed down here by Rey Mysterio. 
Drew trying to reposition himself. Uh-oh, uh look out! Oh, so innovative! Could this put away Nakamura? Here's the... Oh, oh man! Kick out. Oh, that was close. Truly the best of the best in the oh, world. Look, thought about the Kinshasa. Wait a minute. Ray's going to catch him here. Oh, oh, and a kick out by Nakamura. Another close call. Caught oh. him with the left. Down goes Mysterio. Uh-oh. Nakamura could be dialing it up. Nakamura going to try it again. Here we go. Oh, wait for the Kinshasa. Great evasion there by Rey Mysterio. Oh, and now sends Nakamura opposite side of the ring. Uh-oh. Nakamura in position. Dial it up. 6-1-9. Mysterio. Boom. Dropping the time. doubt in your mind any question as to whether or not Rey Mysterio <laughs> still got it he just silenced all the doubt and a look at this belief on Rey's face without question Rey Mysterio hasn't missed a beat Rey Mysterio understands what task is now ahead of him John Cena Kurt Angle Randy Orton Jeff Hardy Dolph Ziggler Intercontinental Champion Seth Rollins The Miz and Mysterio round out the field who will be determined the best in the world at WWE World Cup there was definitely a you still got a chant. It was amazing. Um, so in case you aren't keeping up, your WWE World Cup filled with Americans. Now, Rey Mysterio's heritage is from Mexico. He's from California. Seth Rollins has a Mexican last name. He got adopted by a stepfather. So that is nobody not American. America with an average age that looks like to be about 43. These are your best in the world. I hope you enjoy your tournament. Anyway. <laughs> the show's almost over. And my section is almost exactly where it was when I went to see that one pay-per-view. So I am on the short side. You know, not on the side with the camera and not the popular side, but I'm on the other side. So I can see the stage straight ahead. And I'm looking at the stage and I say, why is there smoke on the stage? Because there's smoke on the stage even when they walk off. And again, we don't know when you go to commercial. So it all seems like it's happening concurrently. So I'm just like, why is there smoke on the stage? And I was like, oh, right. And Shaker ain't been here yet. So... It gets dark or something happens. I don't know if it was a music hit or something. And then the little guy beside me is like, oh, shit, I totally forgot about The Undertaker. Really? You're not, you're not keeping up to your heart. So he arrives. He gives you the good slow walk. Um, he comes out and he says that crown jewel, boo. He has three words for DX. Rest in peace. He does a slow walk back to the um, stage and then he slowly puts his arm up and then they do the lightning thing. And that's it, people. And maybe he did the eye roll thing. I couldn't see from my angle, but it looked like he might have tried to do it under his hat. But that's how your Smackdown 1000 ended. So overall, how'd you feel about the show being live and in color and not having, you know, the advantage of, you know, seeing it? on tv with commercial breaks and all that interruption i don't need a commercial break i think 
I would greatly appreciate commentary. Like, I think I want color commentary. I think I want to hear Corey Graves be mean to Byron Saxton. Oh, and then they definitely booed Byron Saxton when he came out. And I cackled. Because you're my kind of people. <laughs> um, SmackDown yeah. was here in Raleigh. The house show was on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And Byron uh, was our basically our host for the whole evening. So he was the one like introducing the matches and, and everything like that. Uh, the mm-hmm. people didn't boo him, but some interesting mm-hmm. things that took place. Um, Zelina wrestled. Uh, it was who did she wrestle? It was Zelina and someone else. She was tagged up with somebody against Lana and Asuka. Hmm. Yeah. Lana and Asuka. That's interesting. Uh-huh. Because our girl Nebe wrestled Becky Lynch for the title. Oh. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Uh, the main event was Samoa Joe versus uh, AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. AJ got the win, of course. Um, mm-hmm. We saw the bar lose to the New Day mm-hmm. in a title match. And um, I'm trying to think who else was on the show. Uh, Aiden was on the show. Uh, he lost to Rusev. They had a one-on-one match. And um, I think that was it. I, I think that's all I can remember anyway. Cool. Uh, I guess I should mention the dark match, since I said it earlier, was Becky versus Charlotte. I figure, you know, it's a dark match. It's not going to be televised. Of course, Becky will win. But then I think something happened real random. And didn't AJ win? At somebody's house show or dark match or something, and I was yep, like, he sure did. Well, if they did it to anybody, I was like, if they did it to anybody, they do it to Becky too. So I was like, let me not presume anything. So I watched, and it was it was a real match. They didn't have acid just because it was a dark match. Um, I don't remember highlights because I drink a lot of alcohol. But Becky did win. She is still your champion. It was absolutely a queen clean win. There were no like hand on the tights, nothing shady. She won. For sure. So yeah. Well, me personally, I'm just ecstatic that you got a chance to be there for such a momentous occasion for the show Same. for the show that you helped launch to the stratosphere in the last You're, three and a half years that we've been doing this podcast. That sounds crazy. Together. Three and a half years. Yeah. Oh, I guess I should mention too, um, about your show. They will be coming to the Capital One Arena, formerly known as the Verizon Center, you know, the DC Arena, the Monday before WrestleMania. Oh, the Go Home Show. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you too can have a ticket if you use the code Raw DC. All right. Help out the people. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> so, like I said, I'm so happy that you got a chance to go. Thank you to Jade to the Max for with the pro tip. About how, mm-hmm. how to get the, the chicken for the cheap, the cheap to be in the building. So glad that worked. It was out. on a low low. It was great. <laughs> Please go over. And there were all kinds of tickets. I'm sorry for interrupting. There are plenty of tickets, but I was like six dollars. Got to go for it. Yeah, exactly right. Mm-hmm. Please go over to 
CSPN Media over on Patreon.com. Check that out at www.patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. There you will find exclusive content only found on Patreon. And you'll also be able to sign up as a backstage pass member to gain access to these exclusive videos and podcasts. And you'll be able to support the CSPN uh, without, you know, going through our sponsors. You can support us directly. So please, again, think about becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash CSPN media. So we'll talk some NXT Dijonet before we do like a really short Lucha Underground review. Mm-hmm. Okay. We start off with the Undisputed Era versus the War Raiders for the NXT Tag Team titles. Kyle O'Reilly gets a knee bar when Hanson slams Roddy onto Kyle O'Reilly and breaks that up. Hanson tags in and O'Reilly lights him up, but he runs into Thor's hammer. We get a suicide dive by Hanson. The War Raiders look for fallout and they hit it. But Bobby Fish arrives and he makes the saves with a chair. And Bobby Fish was swinging this chair. There were no headshots, but those shots to the back, oh, man, he, he was laying them in there. So the Undisputed Era continues to beat down after the match on the War Raiders. So Undisputed Era retains their titles by DQ. So it's a good setup for um, War Games and going forward for them to set up a bigger match uh, later on down the line, probably at uh, – Royal Rumble will be the next time they probably actually have like a tag team title match. Dee Dee's most popular wrestler that she's going to vote for this year when we come to the L Dandies, Shayna Baszler versus <laughs> versus Dr. Britt Baker. Baszler grounds things. She immediately attacks the arm and she's looking to rip it off. She stomps on the arm and the ref has to call off the match. So Shayna Baszler wins due to ref stoppage. And then after the match, she uh, when Britt Baker is back on her feet after the trainers and doctors and stuff come out, Shayna Baszler runs over, does like a step up knee. She like steps on her knee to like get some lift and then knees her in the jaw and knocks her back out. So Shayna Baszler just being mean and angry. Prior what to an evolution. <laughs> we get if she a, doesn't go with this evilness to use on what's her name, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> we get a video package for Oni Lorkin and Danny Birch. Then William Regal is asked about Nikki Cross claims that she knows who attacked Aleister Black. William Regal says he plans to talk with Nikki later tonight. So Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch face off against Tien Bing and Rocky. Lorcan hits a clothesline on Rocky and then Birch tags in. He runs wild. He hits a missile drop kick and a headbutt. Then they do the elevated double team DDT and they get the win. Main event time as it's Nikki Cross facing off against our fave Bianca Belair. Bianca looks for a press slam, but Nikki counters out of it and gets a sleeper, which she turns into a reverse DDT for a two count. Nikki heads up top and she flies off, but she catches the hair whip. Bianca heads up top and Nikki cuts her off and then she follows follows her up top. We get a superplex by Nikki and both women are down. That's when Aleister Black's music hits and the lights go out. The lights come back on. Binky is nowhere to be found. Aleister Black is here, sitting in the middle of the ring with his legs crossed. 
He wants Nikki to come over and tell him what she knows. Nikki rolls around to the chance of Nikki's got a secret. <laughs> Nikki crossed the black and Alistair Black says, tell me. She whispers to him and then Alistair Black is now like looking up all angry and pissed. And that's how we end this week's NXT. You think Nikki did it? No, she didn't do it. She uh, she told him who did it, though. I thought one of she was like, me. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Um, so why would he be angry? Who did it? I don't know who did it, but we're about to find out. Give me your best guess. This is Consider this a baby who you got. Um... That's a good question. It could be anybody. It makes sense for it to be like Johnny Gargano Mm -hmm. did it because he was going through kind of that that phase where he was kind of in his like dark stage or whatever. But it would not surprise me if for the story because he's about to maybe be the next one to get a championship match that it mm-hmm. works out to be Velveteen Dream. Mm, okay. Those make sense. Yeah. Can't wait to find out. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. But I just want to talk about um, Bianca Belair and how much confidence she's gained in the last, like, three months or so since they've really been pushing her and giving her a lot more spotlight. I mean, you can just see it in the confidence when she comes down to the ring and her ring walk and how, you know, she's even she's always had the swag to it. But now she's got even a little bit more going. It's just yeah, you can really see she's starting to to hit her stride. Hopefully, I think she's, you know, all the way back from her injury or whatnot. So hopefully she stays healthy and continues on with this push because I think she's going to be the next champion here, maybe by the Royal Rumble. And that would be pretty dope. That would be Liddy. Yeah, yeah. There's a video of her on Instagram. I didn't watch it all the way through, but under caption, she was like, don't be mad at me because you've been toiling around in the Indies for years, and I just decided to join, and I'm already better than you. And it was like, <laughs> oh, oh, read them, girl. Read them. She was like, it's not my fault. I'm just good at everything, and you're not. <laughs> like, yes. Let yes. them have it. Yes, yes. So, you know, even with this match ending in a no contest, she's still undefeated. So, sky's the limit for Binky, and I'm glad that I was in on the ground floor and uh, can't wait to (laughs) (laughs) can't wait to see her reach the highest of highest of highest of heights. So really looking forward to her 2019 and, um, you know, what they got planned for her. So, like I said, hopefully she stays healthy. And she can, you know, reap the benefits of of all that's coming to her. So, Miss Didi Jone, you want to talk a little bit about Lucha Underground? Didn't get a chance to see it this week. So whatever you got, I'm willing to accept. Sure. Okay. So it starts off with um, some things, right? So Antonio Cueto has Jake Strong come to the office. He says he's impressed by all the destruction that Jake Strong has brought to Lucha Underground because he has not lost yet. And not only has he won, he has made all of his opponents submit. So, Jay Strong says he doesn't want a title shot handed to him. You know, he want to earn it. So, Cueto's like, cool. And then he gives them 
a chance to give to the guys medallions. He says he saw the sacrifices that Matanza was making and how there should be some left for him. And then there was like a demonic voice that took over and he says that the temple is his. So what really happened was they were trying to say, oh, you could fight somebody. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So I'll just tell you this way. Jake Strong defeated Big Bad Steve, Aerostar, PJ Black, Hernandez, Dante Fox, and King Cuerno in a battle royal for a chance at the Gift of the Gods championship. Um, he dominated through everybody over the top. So then Jake tells Quato that he wants to take on every man in the match next week for the championship and then he's going to destroy every one of them right so that's what happened so instead of just going one-on-one he's going to kill everybody right so that's what's going to happen but jake was like i want more so that's why later on tonight that night he had a match with johnny mundo in the interim it was kill shot versus the mac it ended in a no contest due to mil mil muertes he ran in and beat both their asses. And then Son of Havoc tried to make the save, but Morthis destroyed everyone as Killshot made his way out of the ring to save his life. Because smart. Exolicious um, and Ivalice are around. They talk about how they were challenged to fight for the trio's title against the White Rabbit Tribe and the Reptile Tribe. But Joey's not fit to wrestle due to the beating he took last week. So they have a new partner. Name is Sammy Guevara. I don't know him. Do you know him? I've heard of him, but I'm not too familiar. Cool. So, Famous B comes out and tells Guevara that he was brought to Lucha Underground as a member of Infamous Inc. And per his contract, he can only work for him for the next seven years. So, Exolicious and Ivelisse are now without a partner. So, Guevara does a dive onto Famous B, throws out the contract into the garbage, puts the garbage can over Famous B's head, and then super kicks the garbage can. You know why that's you know why that's funny? Tell me. Because the original Lucha Underground contracts that everybody signed was for seven years. Oh. Seven years is a long time. Uh-huh. That's I why can I, see three or five. That's why Ricochet so was long. like, I gotta find a way to get up out of here after four. Or really three yeah. three and a half, really. I think three is perfect. Maybe four on a re-up. Seven is long. Seven is like K-pop contracts. You know, that things. It's just not fair. You could talk about that on a different one. Because we got somebody who knows all about the K-pop. She put me on. But they be having super unfair contracts. Anyway, I digress. Main event is Jake Strong versus Johnny Mundo. Things happened. So many things. There was an avalanche splash. There was a tornado DDT. There was a standing shooting star press. Um, there was a moonlight drive. Then they were brawling in the audience. And then Strong no sold some of the brawling. Then Johnny jumped from one part of the stands into the nether because, you know, he's in the parkour. Then he had a massive sunset flip powerbomb over the guardrail to the floor on Jake Strong. Then he rolled him into the ring, hit a 450 smash elbow, but Strong kicked out. There was a super kick that was fought out of. Then Strong ran up the ropes and hit an overhead belly to belly all the way across the ring in an avalanche splash. But Mundo kicked out. Then he went for the end of the world. But Strong rolled him up and locked on the ankle lock. Mundo sent him to the floor, hit a super kick when he came back in, hit a moonlight drop in. Strong still kicked out. Then there's another ankle lock. He tries to escape and he threw this elbow pad across the ring. (laughs) The referee picked up the elbow pad to take it out of the ring, and as he did so, Johnny low blow Strong to get out of it. Then Mundo hit the end of the world, but Strong kicked out again and locked on the ankle lock again. 
And then Mundo has no choice and he taps out and the crowd reacted in horror. That's so the commentary is good man. Yo, it was lit. It was lit. So the the commentary was like, what must Johnny have felt, heard, thought, saw to make him tap out? Like basically they're trying to say he broke his ankle. But just as strong as about to destroy Mundo for real, for real, Matanza comes out. Roderick not Roderick Strong, Jake Strong throws Mundo at him, leaves, and Matanza proceeds to annihilate Johnny Mundo. I'm talking blood and everything. Taya Valkyrie runs out to try to make the save because that's her husband. But Matanza hits the wrath of God on Taya. Um, like I said, Johnny's bleeding everywhere. He's trying to protect his wife. Antonio Cueto comes out smiling. And Matanza is covered in Johnny Mundo's blood. And that is how your Lucha Underground ended for the week. Wow. And I missed that one. Yo, when I tell you that rundown that I gave you is bare fucking bones. There are like 20 other sentences I skipped. <laughs> <laughs> It was a lot going on. <laughs> I bet. I bet. There's always a lot going on on Legion Underground, though. That's true. They give you, you can never say you didn't have enough. Uh, speaking of Johnny Impact, Johnny Mundo, did you see the thing that him and Austin Aries did? Mm hmm. I did. Yeah. They got, they made it TMD, got a little bit of a, a little bit of an angle going. Johnny Mundo wins the Impact Championship at uh, Bound for Glory. Uh, he hits the end of the world on Austin Aries, gets the pin. Johnny Mundo's selling that he's just been in this grueling 25-minute match. Austin Aries pops right up, looks over at Don Callis, does a little thing, and walks the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> so now people are like, is it real? Is it a work? Is it a work shoot? So now there's a whole bunch of like interest and intrigue around Austin Aries and and whether he's uh you know really pissed off because everybody knows he does have a history for being hard to get along with and always pissed off about something, or is this just <laughs> or is this just storyline? So stay tuned on that front. <laughs> So if you do decide to catch Impact here for the next couple of weeks, Miss DJ, it might be pretty interesting with that storyline going on. All right, I got you. I got you. I didn't watch it this week. I don't know why I always forget. But because I it, they on a uh, uh, no count television channel. <laughs> but it's honestly not like I be watching anything else. It's not like I watch How to Get Away with Murder. It's not I like they. It's not like they promote it on the other channels where you be watching wrestling wow. during the week where you could be like, oh, yeah. Big facts. That's true. Because if you don't see it, you're just not going to see it. Right. I mean, how much money? I mean, it would be worth it just for them to throw like an impact commercial into like a Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. Or even something something similar, like just a sport. <laughs> yeah, <there laughs> something you entertaining. Go. Just anything in the same vicinity, but no. Right. It's like if you don't find it, you must not have been meant to see it. Exactly. So that's not a good way to draw in new fans because if you, if you don't remind people that you're even out there, how will they know you exist? That's my theory. But mm-hmm. oh's well. At this point, I'll open it up to you, Miss Didi Jone, for your shout outs, thank yous, and final notes for this week. Um, shout out to Jade again for the hookup. Shout out to the chairman because his birthday was the other day, and I know he was in the building. 
Shout out to the wordsmith because he was in the building. I think. No, I'm pretty sure he was. And then shout out to his wife. I think her Twitter name is Neek Wins. Because she was like, how did I miss you? And I was like, baby, I was in the nosebleed. It's very easy to miss me. <laughs> but shout out to all of them for being there. Shout out to anybody else who went. Oh, shout out to shout out to Jay's baby boy. He ain't no baby. But he was there too. She said he loved it. Because, of course, SmackDown. So shout out to everybody who was in the building to see SmackDown. Shout out to you, of course. Shout out to Greg. Shout out to Sam. Shout out to all my ladies of the glow. Shout out to anybody want to come up for Raw before the WrestleMania. That could be lit. Yeah. Um, and this time I won't be in the 400 section if we plan early enough. We can be in like a real section where you can get a good view of things. Um, but yeah, that's it. Oh, and shout out to Mel because Mel always gets shout outs. All right. I'd like to give a shout out to Miss Didi Jone. I'd like to give a shout out to Greg. Give a shout out to Sam as well out there. Hopefully he's doing well. I'd like to give a shout out to everybody, like Miss Didi Jone said, who listens to the WrestleCast, who was at SmackDown 1000 in DC. I hope y'all had a lot of fun and y'all represented the WrestleCast to the fullest. Thanks for everybody who sent in pictures um, using the hashtag SmackDown Matters. Um, it was real cool to see the live perspectives. Uh, shout out to everybody who's listening to the Forever Young cast. So shout out to my co-host over there, Madam Lizette, Jupiter Julep, and What Sleep Though. Um, so please check that out if you're into the May Young Classic and you're watching that. We give an in-depth review each and every week. So we're coming down to our final two episodes before the finals. So um, please go ahead and check that out. Also, um, check out um, Cast a Strong Style. Me and Anwar catch you up on the last few events that's been happening over in new japan so our next shows we'll be talking about the junior tag league that started off this week so we'll have some reviews of those matches uh thank you to everybody who listens to cspn everybody who supports our sponsors go to cspn.us click on keep our podcast free at the top of the page support one of our sponsors amazon audible busted tees adamandeve.com so please support us that way. Like I said, go over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash ESPN media. You can support us that way as well. And programming note, next week is going to be a big week as not only is it the official four year anniversary of the WrestleCast in this iteration, it is also going to be the week where we play who you got for the first ever all women's pay-per-view and it's going to be a ladies night so jade to the max and gd jonay will be your host then we will have some co-hosts to join them and they will play who you got for evolution and review all things leading up to that pay-per-view so i'm looking forward to that as y'all know that's my favorite show i get to sit in the booth and just be entertained by all things that happen on that episode so i'm looking forward to next week getting a chance to catch up back, back up with Jade and talk some wrestling with her and the guests. So again, next week for your anniversary ladies night, it's going to be a really fun show. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm Don DeLorente and for Miss Didi Jone and Magnum prime. And this has been episode 207 of the WrestleCast. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. And the last, the last few weeks, I've been watching the show, and I've been watching something happening, and I, I had to come here tonight and address it. 
As strange as this sounds, tonight the Rated R Superstar is going to attempt to, to be SmackDown's moral compass. I know. I know, bear with me, bear with me. So all of that being said, I'd like to introduce my first guest here on The Cutting Edge. The SmackDown Women's Champion, Becky Lynch. More than anyone else, I understand what you're doing, what you're thinking, what you're going through. Because I, I wasn't supposed to be in the main event. I wasn't supposed to be on the posters. I wasn't the hand-picked one. I had to fight and scratch and claw and bite for every inch that I earned in this company. You get it, you get it, you get it. I, I get that you think you're making the right choice and throwing away your friendship with Charlotte. But I'm here to tell you, you didn't make the right choice. Please, hear me out on this, because I made those same choices. If there was a friendship or a relationship that got in my way between me and the top, I stepped on it. I crushed it. I left a trail of burnt bridges. Here, here's the thing, Becky, you can win all the championships that you want. Your face can be on all the posters that you want. But the choices you're making, they will change who you are. They will stain your soul. And, and I'm looking at you, Becky, and I still see a good person in there. I'm going to tell you that the end result of all the choices that you're making right now, you know how it ends? It ends with you sitting in your home, staring at the championships on the wall, reminiscing about all of your accomplishments by yourself. But Becky, here's the kicker. You won't even like yourself. You're right. I, uh, I, don't, I don't like myself. I love myself. No stop being so condescending to the champ and get out of my ring. you don't hurt your neck again going through those ropes. You love what you become? Then you're gonna love what I do to you.